What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? That was amazing. I think it wasn't bad. Wow. I do struggle with the end still. I well, I mean, me too. I Ma. guess. Ma. I always Ta. used to sing the top part. I never sang a harmony. Queen, you're so good at it. Wow. So we saw dance. Are these my socks they're that you're putting mine. on? Are you sure? Yeah. Because I picked them up outside. Oh, okay. My socks are. What did I do with my socks? Oh, they're there. Jack and I just did a photo we shoot. We just did a photo shoot for this Guggenheim podcast. And for our Guggenheim show. And for the Guggenheim show, yes. That should be the photos for Reed and Harry Designs. It'll be you and me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You and me and the Gurg. Um, we just did a photo shoot. Now we're boxstage in their yes. beautiful dressing rooms. They look like real dressing rooms. They are. They're a real dressing room. It's not like. Um, the coat closet at the new museum. No. Though I do love that in this way. Like, it is a kind of like... Well, it's fun when Michelle's in there. Ugh. Yeah. Isn't it always fun, though, when Michelle's in anywhere? Yeah, no matter where. Even at, like, horrible water mill. Oh, my God. Even... upstairs. Oh. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm gonna kill myself. But then Michelle's there, and it's okay. When Michelle is with you at water mill, it's so... Oh, I love her so much. We love you, Michelle Mola. Um, so we finally went and saw some dance. We saw one show. Well, it was felt like Ten a lot shows. of shows yeah. it was so long. It was um, long and varied. Yeah, well, we can talk about what sucked right away. Who's uh, so? This was that New York City, City Ballet, Ballet mm-hmm. at the State Theater mm-hmm. and during their final week of shows for the season, and it was no piazzas. Uh, but that weren't new pieces. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what that word is. I did it. New pieces. New pieces yeah. that weren't new pieces. They were no. new commissions at some point that, for some reason, had been brought back. Two of them, wonderful. Sure. So glad I got to see mm-hmm. them. Important work. Yeah, I've been wanting to see Namuna since it happened in 2010, and you saw it. And I did see the premiere. Me. Yeah. And, oh my God, that solo. I've been waiting to see that solo on Sarah Mearns since In real then. life. Because mm-hmm. I've watched clips of it. It's insane. It's it's one of my favorite things. You know, I'm really struggling. I've always... I won't say I've struggled with my relationship to Sarah Mearns. I have a kind of, like, love and respect for her dancing that's so, um, so big that when she comes on stage, she kind of ruins things for me. Oh, wow. Like, what does I, that mean? Meaning, like, I don't want to see anyone else dance after that sometimes mm. mm-hmm. yeah I get that I can I mean that solo in Namuna I really I mean everyone did was great a Taylor no everybody I mean, in Namuna was beautiful Lauren, I they were so incredible but it's that it's also that some, there's something it's the way in which Sarah lives on the edge of a performance yeah and even in the decalogue like when mm. she came out and began things i was like oh my god yeah it's hard to go anywhere from there in a weird way i mean the piece is amazing yeah namuna is amazing you know but she she has a, there's something she does to me what is that can you can you put it into words or is it you know what dance can do it's pre-verbal it's it's a visceral experience for you. I think, like, what I always wanted ballet to me in my own body and, like, the possibilities I felt in uh, my body, I see in her so clearly. I see. Yeah. That, for I me, she changed, like, what I felt would be appropriate on the stage, except mm. I was already close to finishing my own career in ballet. Mm. So, I... It may be, like, too late, but still so nice to have had... You know, it's actually good I didn't see her early on in my career because, like, I would have never been able to achieve what she is able to achieve. 
Because she has, like, a extreme groundedness while being yeah. extremely free, yeah. but then also extremely powerful. And she's, like, kind of got it all. I mean, yeah. it's everything Her I... Her relationship to music is also... Oh, because she listens to it. You know, like, yeah. she hears it and she responds to it. She is in real time responding yeah. to the music, and that is very, very clear. She never anticipates things. No. She's always, like, on the edge of lateness. Yeah. Yeah. It's really beautiful. It is, it is, it is totally in line. And I'm very attracted to her weight. Like, I'm attracted to the way that her body, like, their relationship to gravity. Yeah. Ugh. We have to have her on. I'd love to. We really have to have her. I mean, your love relationship of Sarah, I, I feel, came up in one of our earlier episodes, mm-hmm. but, you know, like a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And because it seems like we've been years, doing this now years for and years. years. Yas and yas and yas. Yas and yas. And we really have to have her on because you were, I, when you discuss it, it is everything that I see. I mean, when I first saw her, the first piece I think I saw, no, I saw Sarah pre-Sarah not, but it was really... I, I mean, I cried so hard seeing yeah. her do that. It was it was like her whole being had been destroyed by the end of that piece. Mm. It was... She's amazing. She's really amazing. She was fantastic in Namuna. She was fantastic in the Decalogue. And Namuna and the Decalogue were great. I, Justin... And, and watching... It was so wild because we watched that tedious uh, Benjamin Millipede piece called... Never wear, and I never. I I can see it on the last day of never wearing the next time. I mean, that piece was originally made to be on one of the first fashion galas, and mm-hmm. it was had those like amazing ears, Van Herpen, yeah. shiny black plastic uh-huh. scales, really cool boot things for the girls' point shoes, and I did not. I've never seen that dance. I've only ever seen pictures and little mm-hmm. videos, and been like plastic things. Yeah, fair. And like oh. part of the appeal, people were like, is that you get to hear the like. Clink, 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 clink mm. of the plastic or whatever. So the dance actually had something at one point. I don't know if it had. I don't know. No, I mean the design gave it something. Right. Well, some specificity. Yeah, that's because for sure. it. I mean, so in theater, if someone uses a lot of blackouts, we view that as a crutch. Oh my! We really as in theater soon as those view blackouts that. started. I was like, why yeah. are we doing this? What well, are we doing? I, I mean, it's how I felt with all of his work I mean I've, I've seen that I've seen which is his much. work is not unskillful like no no and there's a lot in it that I'm like that's interesting that's like you're exploring a concept that's good I like that and that but I always feel that like you're exploring a concept but I feel very medium but like not enough and it's yeah. really middle but of the it's road not frame. it's super middle yeah it's, but you time. know watching the dancers do it I'm like it looks like it would be fun to do like physically well like, they did a great job they did they did and a wonderful job remember at the job. end where they did that kind of repeating step where they're all running in a circle doing like jeté something something mm-hmm. I was like mm-hmm. if yeah. they had done that for 10 minutes yes I, it's, then it's I'd have been like of, that's a good piece it's a thing of clarity that I just it's also well and I'm and what happened is then you watch the Decalogue where it's again a it's going to be uh, almost as long as mm-hmm. Neverwhere, and we're watching. Oh, much longer than Neverwhere. Well, Neverwhere felt real long. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> um, but we're watching. Uh, here's a here's a pa. Here's a solo. Here's now a group piece. Da da da. It's mm-hmm. similar in structure. Mm-hmm. However, and Justin, you Justin is using the music. Justin's well, has yeah. a relationship to the music that is. It, 
so intense and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And there's also like a sophistication to the like conceptuality of the work. Like he's not afraid to like do a thing, which is a little bit like, oh wow, you're going to explore this for five minutes? And then explore it all the way. Then he really goes all the way. And did that one paw where it's, they're repeating something and they just, he, she keeps like, coming down he takes her foot he brings it up right. and that's just how they're going to get off stage I was like thank yeah. you the, the, the pas de deux with Lars and Unity where every, they're <gasps> snake around everybody for the whole <sighs> thing where they're always separated Incredible. by the line of people and I then, was really like wow and you know it's always there's always so much reference to great work like I was like this mm-hmm. is Concerto Barocco but mm-hmm. like he's taken it all the way yeah. like we're taking that one concept from Barocco and we're gonna look at it in like the most modern of ways his relationship to Balanchine and Robbins is so clear, so clear. and on this company that work is what looks best. the best yeah. and he takes it and takes it all the way he, he trusts the music he loves right. the music right. I mean the thing in Ben's piece was this sense of I was like, why aren't you relying on the music at all? It felt almost like you'd made the piece mm. and then the music Well, was because chosen. Ben was like, I'm going to get like music from like a cool name, Nico Muley. Right. I'm going to get this cool designer. I'm going to have someone design this like triangle that looks How like the mantelpiece. I mean, the, Nico's score was beautiful and there were so many things in it that I thought, why, why is this part mm. of the music not being explored in that? And then... Justin didn't use a blackout between each of the ten pieces. No, that, never. He just had one low fade where they come out in silhouette, silhouette. and it was Beautiful. done perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, Unity Phelan. Wow. So she's never been on your radar before. I've seen her before, but I've never. I've definitely seen her in in, in things, but the ponche and on point. And then him letting her go and her just falling out of that. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that she f- was going to hold it till she couldn't. Like, right. She's, it, it's going to be a slightly different each time, but oh, she's yeah. going to go for it. Mm-hmm. I, out loud in the audience, said, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and then Barton and I laughed because I just was, it was so. Well, Unity is exciting because there's like a clarity to her body just yes. right away. And then she has a glamour. Just her face, she looks she's, like kind of crazy. And then you mean crazy that she's stunning. She's so beautiful. She is, and then stunning. she's like very clipped, like beyond. Yeah, so yeah, like, hyper like, like, Whoa! Wow. Yeah, and completely. then she's capable. She really nailed it. Yeah, like it was, it was incredible. It was so profound. She last night, people who made me breath, like Sarah, really made me. It's that's of course. Yeah. But also Daniel Albrick in Namuna. I just was like, oh, well, pick me up. That was so wild. I was like, how tall is he, by the way? Like five, six? That's, yeah, that was my cat. But he looks huge. What? He looked so built. Like Oh, he's compact. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he really looked yeah. like he could like flip a key. I'm very comforted by the way he looks. Me too. Yeah, he it's was like a so, cartoon. It, yeah, I, I really, really like it. I loved it. Yeah, um, I've always been a fan. Russell was great in the Ben piece, yes. and Lauren was so great last night. She really Lauren was. Lauren Lovett, she, I couldn't picture, since I didn't see Wendy do Namuna, I couldn't picture it. You know what's weird? Because I saw the original originals, I've struggled over the years watching it shift away from them, uh-huh. and I think because Alexei really made it so specifically for Wendy, for Jennifer Ringer, for Sarah, mm-hmm. for Robbie Fairchild. Was Jennifer Ringer the a Megan? Mm-hmm. Her? Oh. So oh. it's sort of like, I've struggled. Megan was great. 
great. Megan was great. And it's been Ashley Bowder in the past. I could see that. Megan, but fast, fast. Also, Megan Fairchild did not wear her dress for her solo. She's supposed to wear her dress, like the one that oh. Sarah's wearing, but in a paler oh. blue. But she didn't. Weird. I didn't get it. I was like, where's your dress? She's like, I didn't have time. Or maybe she was like, doesn't fit, not wearing a bye, just going to wear my mermaid outfit. Oh, she looked great. Yeah. The mermaid thing. I mean, but it was, it, it did set up a structure where I really felt that Sarah was the alpha of the whole piece then. Oh, because the dress. And then felt confused by Megan's solo because it was so insane in this other way. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the whole thing. I would have liked to have seen. If you'd seen the original, Mm -hmm. it's like. Those dresses established them as, like, having totally equal standing in the piece, just right. really different. Right. And then Wendy has, a, like, the romantic relationship to this guy who's, like, searching around and right. looking at these mermaids or right. whatever. He's exploring the mermaids to find out, like, who his love is going to be. Right. And it's Wendy. Yeah. Well, it was Lauren last night. Right. And I... And Lauren is an ingenue. And oh, yes. And uh, has, has, like, energy and quirkiness, and she's such a storyteller. Mm-hmm. And for me... Wendy is uh, like this abstract, so abstract, um, hyper clear. Oh my god! You know, like I, I just I couldn't picture. I couldn't picture it. I wish I could have seen it. I would have loved yeah, to have seen what that looked different. like. I remember the very first show, the opening of that Robbie Wendy pas de deux, where he sort of. It was Robbie Fairchild. Yeah. I knew it. Because Barton was like, I wonder who the guy was. And I was like, I bet it was Robbie Fairchild. He slides her upstage, but they're totally in profile. And she's just like in a second position on point. He slides her up. And so uh, immediately, like the relationship, like the traditional relationship to like ballet spatially is broken. Because you're like, whoa. And then I like felt my body like cry. I was like, whoa. Wow. Yeah. That's why I was like, Alexa Romanski's a genius. What that was for you? Sometimes things in ballet are so sort of reliably mm. stale and set in stone that when mm. someone does anything outside of the box, I'm mm. like, congratulations, I'm mm. going to cry. That was the best mm. thing ever. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm kind of like, when Pam Tanowitz is actually like allowed into the mainstream ballet world, it's going to be she such must, a moment. She, it is insane. It's insane. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Watching... Some of the trio that she's doing for Kennedy Center, just that. I know. I was like, well, what? Like, it's time that we have someone who's exploring a different relationship to music, a different relationship to space, Uh a different relationship to gender. That is also so historically rooted. I mean, Pam's relationship is so investigated it is dramaturgically rooted into these yeah. into those structures and you can see it and it's technical and it's thorough and, and it's if you're beautiful. a layman and don't know I don't know the work of Valentine and Cunningham you would still love it because right. it is so accessible it's also there's fun yeah it's strange mm-hmm. it's poignant yeah she does she uses it's gonna, you know what I think it's gonna happen I, 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 we keep I think saying so it, too. and I really think it's people gonna are going to hear this podcast. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you why. know, it's going to be, why. it's going to be, it'll like Kevin at ABT is listening. I mean, he's certainly whoever the new people. She's super on his radar. She's been around ABT a lot, doing stuff. It's time that she gets a big piece on the main stage. It is to me, it's hyper crazy that she hasn't made something in City Ballet because that is that those are the bodies that should be doing her work. Well, ABT looks great doing it too. Let me I'm tell sure. you, and Ballet Austin look great doing it. Ballet companies are going to look great with her work. They really period. Are. Yeah, it is, and they're going to love doing it. 
Curators, listen up. I'm sure you're all listening to this podcast, the zeros and Look, zeros of you. There's lots of choreographers <laughs> out there who don't get as much as Pam right now. Pam's doing great. Yeah, this she isn't really about is. like getting her more. It's just like getting her to the people. We it's, need to get her to the people. Well, it's about it's about the ways in which it is insane to feel so disappointed at ballet in New York City, yeah. which mothership. Who Let me tell you made why. That? Okay, so Mothership is a dance that was made a couple years ago by Nicolas Blanc, who was a principal at San Francisco Ballet in recent years, and now he works as a rehearsal director there. I have no personal relationship to him, never. So I didn't know him. that he was heard interested him. in choreography uh-huh. prior to seeing Mothership, and maybe he did Choreographic Institute. Look, this is not a fact-based podcast, so you know, write us letters, correct us, it's fine. That's the things I know about Nicolas Blanc. Why he's being allowed? To present his work in such a kind of... A huge format. Huge format. Super visible in New York. New York City Ballet. Amazing dancers. Orchestra. He's gotten some score commission by someone who made weird movie music for it. Blah, blah, he, blah. It was, it was like a sci-fi movie music for a fierce Paul Verhoeven film with choreography that looked straight out of Epcot Center. I... But it really, you were on the it. nose when you said it really looked like it was for like a high school showcase. Yes, I, I also like a really felt like promising student I was, choreography was yeah. like, look, you guys, I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make a quadruple duet piece. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, and like the, I couldn't believe it. I, I, the last time I saw something so terrible at New York City Ballet was when they did the Bugsy piece. I mean, and that has to be different for an entirely different set of reasons. That is for an entirely different... I'm just talking about trash. This was so trash. This was... I couldn't... And and watching those core dancers who also... Kids. Who also had some challenges inside of it, just of, like... there's There were all these floor slides yeah. that they, like, skidded across on, that it was just... And then watching that guy do those competition pirouettes twice, uh, I couldn't, I mean, he nailed them, but I couldn't believe that I was going to watch that crap down stage left and then just move it up stage a little bit and do it again. It was, I was, I, it was the first time I have felt so angry. I have to say, as soon I can't, I don't want to see ballet dances anymore that are in the vein of that final duet of In the Middle Somewhat Elevated. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank you, Mark. He made that Absolutely. in the 80s. He did. And he made it for Sylvie Guillaume and he exploited her gifts and at the time it, it was, was a big deal. It, and here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, another, like, Forsyth, I was almost like Paul Forsyth, I don't know why. William <laughs> Forsyth, go back, look, if you don't know who this is, look at In the Middle Somewhat Elevated, there's a duet that'll come up with Sylvie Guillaume, watch that, and then, when you see this sort of just like, gar like, right. it's like garbage competition dance that's supposed to, like, but done on ballet bodies, that's going to be something about their virtuosity and it, but it, this was tone deaf, utterly camp, um, and a failure. I just want to say it's 30 years later. Yeah. It's 30 years later. Yeah. Why are we referring to this? I mean, it's something that should be known. Absolutely. We should not be trying to make this dance anymore. A of all, it was made for a specific person who did it in a way that was kind of not vulgar. It was gymnastic. Right. But that kind of work goes vulgar like in an instant. Yep. 
Don't make it anymore, you guys, please. <laughs> no, so I'm serious. <laughs> I cannot watch another man, like, grab a girl's foot and then, like, splay her into an oversplit, like, pussy pop. I'm going to commit suicide at the ballet. I won't let you Harry carry at the ballet queen. I will <laughs> grab your hand and we'll run right up onto that stage and go, stop it. You guys, I can't. Stop it right now. I can't now. take it. If Wayne McGregor <laughs> is allowed to keep oh. making these dances. Oh, she'll be allowed forever. You know what? What? He will. Oh, he absolutely will. I, I remember it's like I, a real travesty. I don't care. I'm not gonna. <laughs> you guys, choice and watch it. Are you kidding? I did it. I got invited, and I was like, no I thanks. Will not see that. No. Why did Peter Martin bring it back? Was he like, oh, I'm on my way out. I'm just going to like take a job. I think that when they contract these choreographers Uh to make a work, it's in the contract that it returns like at least once or something into the repertoire. Uh, That's a guess. I don't think that Bugsy piece returned. That's true. And it was... That's true. It was ripped apart. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I mean, and the the other thing is that like oftentimes you see work returning to the repertoire that was never well received, that was just always a nightmare, that people always hated, and then yet we are still subjected to it. Why? We have to sit through it. Uh, whoever the new artistic director of New York City Ballet is, listen up. I'm sure. You're, I'm sure you're listening. All that garbage in the garbage. And put it like absolutely. once they put the garbage on stage and it leaves the stage, it should stay off the stage. It should stay off the stage. I, I that watching that company do that. Mm-mm. How sad. De- really depressing. So depressing. So depressing. I really wish that last night I would have watched the Decalogue and Namuna. Only. Only. Thank Only. you. And I would have been like, wow, New York City Ballet really gets it. Yeah, and how about that the show would have only been two hours instead of two hours and 45 minutes. Ugh, too long. No, Leah, I have things to guys. do. I have, like, three jobs. We had My to God. go out into the geostorm and try to get home. And we really did. It was a full nightmare. Oh full night. But I did get home. And then I watched, if you haven't seen it, and it... It helped me in a way because I realized that, you know, that my fury at the ballet was... I, ha- I gave it context, certainly... It's called Seeing All Red, which is about Gloria Allred. Oh, okay, it's on Netflix. It's incredible. I mean, she's the lawyer who was uh, pro bono representing the women from the Cosby case. Oh, wow. And also was bringing, brought forth the women from the Trump thing. But she has many other clients that aren't high right. profile like that. God, she loses a lot of cases. <laughs> she wins a ton. I mean, I think the ones that we're watching lose are the ones that are giant public cases that she's doing mm. pro bono because she's trying to affect change. Right. In terms of sexual harassment, rape. How are these guys getting away with it? Power. Yeah. Power in their team. I mean, watching the woman who came forward, she'd been on The Apprentice, I can't remember her name right now, but watching her come forward, talk about what Donald Trump did to her, and then watching her after he became elected, mm-hmm. and she's been getting death threats, mm-hmm. his, his team is also threatening her, yeah. and she's her. she looks like she's, that someone's tried to kill her numerous times. She's like... They're, they're killing her. They're trying. Yeah. They're trying to to get away with it. But Gloria, Gloria already, you have to watch. Like, she does not give up. Like, it is an incredible documentary. You should watch it with Kirsten Neal. Okay. I really... There's a... The way people scream at her. The but way Gloria? men... Oh, yeah. Because when she began, she began, like, during the, the, the... Sort of the real wave of feminism and... So she was on, like, talk shows and stuff, and this Mm. is early days. This is when, like, you know, homosexuality was, 
you know, people are like, it, it was just illegal. Why is it legal now? You know, and people it's, it should be illegal. And you think it's homosexuality? Oh, it's should disgusting. Be illegal. Like oh, it just freaks you out. Oh, um, whatever that page boy girl said in Red Sparrow, degenerate. Yes, that's what I feel too. Oh, is that? Yeah, that's your part in that mm-hmm. movie. That's what Jesus said. That, and we know how you feel about Jesus. You two are so tight. You mm-hmm. really believe in it. Uh, yeah, people yell at her, and she just is like, she'll yell right back. Oh, These men scream at her these horrible things, and then she'll just be, she'll just yell. I think it's that you're envious and afraid of women. Oh. It's an, yeah, you'll you'll love it. Uh. If you haven't watched, listeners, watch Seeing All Red. It is motivational. I was really like, no. I need, I need motivation for this month. We just have to get through this month. Oh, yeah. Well, and then there's also us doing our shows. Yeah. It's a lot. What's So you and Harriet have to make how many costumes by the end? I think month? there's like 40, 45 pieces for this show. Just for the Reed and Harriet design show. And then for your show, there's the four outfits for the boys, plus the fringe outfits, plus the outfits for the our black half. So like 10 outfits. Uh-huh. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. We just finished three outfits for the Kennedy Center for Pam, for Blueprint. They look great. They're beautiful. They look so great. We're proud. Yeah, you should be. They're great. Um, and then we're going to San Francisco on Tuesday for three days for fittings. See Jamie, if you can. Oh, I saw him last time. I'll Thank see him again. so much. I wish I was going with you. And I don't know what else is happening. And then that's it. And then you're back. And we're going to do this thing. My show, your show. Your show, my show. That is, it's, that's really how it's happening. And you're going to see Red Sparrow. I can't wait. And I cannot wait to see Annihilation. I, okay. I'm so excited to see it. And we're, I'm going to see Black Panther tonight. I am so excited the to see it. The Oscars that. are tomorrow. Predictions, question mark? Um, I have no predictions because I truly don't get how it works. Like, I, oh, well, I, I kind mean, of have a, a shaky, like, I'm semi-terrified that Three Billboards is going to win Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Like, I... I'm just, I just kind of feel like it's going to happen. Um, you know. Like, I can't decide which one's worse. Like, The Shape of Water or Three Billboards. Oh. I think Shape of Water's worse. Let me think about it. I think it's worse. They're so different. <laughs> they are. They're both different in their own terrible way. I mean, I liked, I think I liked the acting ensemble better in Shape of Water. Because I think I you know what? only like Frances McDormand. I didn't. I didn't think Shape of Water was a bad movie. Now, if The Shape of Water hadn't gotten all this like critical acclaim, I would have been. Can like, you imagine? I'd have been like, that was cute, right? Absolutely, that was cute. Yeah, it's like a Disney. But then movie. when people were like, "Oh, we're going to give it all the awards," I was like, "But what? But well, why?" Honey, I mean, remember La La Land? Remember Lala? That's how I know I can't make any predictions. Cause, I mean, I like don't want to live in a world where I'm totally dismissing populist or, like, optimistic work. But, like, it has to be, like, very good if we're going to give it awards. Well, you would have thought. But, you know, that's kind of not how it works. I mean, also, right. like, think of... It, you have to... I don't I don't know how to... I mean, clearly I don't know how to think in the mainstream. Otherwise, I would have written a TV show by now. Right. And I... Like, the best TV show I have seen in... I can't remember was Bridget Everett's show. And it didn't get picked up by Amazon. Oh. So I don't... Oh, that was really good. It was... That show... I think we talked about it on this yeah, podcast. It was I mean, so good. it was incredible in all the healing ways that we need right now. Um... 
I felt like also the show was going to continue to open itself up to a, a diverse cast in many ways. Yeah. And it just didn't happen. Like, I no. couldn't... So I... You know, what can I say? Like, Emma Stone, who I love, beat uh, Isabelle Perry last year. So I don't get it. Wow. Do you know? Every time I think of that, wow. I'm like... I don't get it. Like, I mean, as someone I who loved has that made... movie, Elle, was that what it was called? Yeah. I didn't love it, but I, I mean, come it. on. But like, I mean, it, come on. But her acting in it. Right. Is, like, that compared to La La La? Can you I mean, imagine? They every time I talk about challenges. it, I lose my mind. <gasps> I mean, Emma they, did have to, like, sing a song and cry with a camera two feet from her face, but, like, I can do that. That, you know, any what? actor Apparently, can. You can get an award for that, Anne Hathaway, Les Mis. Oh my god, remember when Anne Hathaway got an award for Les Mis? But she was on screen for like seven minutes. She got an Academy Award. I... <laughs> that one takes my breath away. You know what takes my breath away? This this was the first time I was really like... Because I, I was a kid when it happened. And I was like, I don't get it. Emma Watson. No, is that her name? What? Emily... Oh. What's her name? Breaking Hill- the Waves. What's her name? Emma... Emily... Emily... Emma. Emma Watson. No, it's not. that's it's Hermione. Emma Watson, the little... Okay. I think there's a Watson happening in it. They're like, it's gonna It's walk. Emma... Emily... Emily... I don't remember. I think it's Emily. Jeremy's gonna drive me crazy. Can you look War. it up? So, okay. So she did this movie called Hillary and Jackie. Did you ever see of it? Of course. She was up for Best Actress. Easily should have won. Right. She did things in that, like... When she's sick, right. she, I think she gets MS, and mm-hmm. then she's in the wheelchair just crying so hard right. and out of control that I Emily thought I was Wa- going to Emily throw Watson. Up. Emily Watson. I think so. That's very confusing. Thank you. Maybe and she- then also that wonderful actress playing her sister, Brenda. Her name's not Brenda. That's her name on the TV show. Her real name <laughs> is... She's in Muriel's Wedding. We can't do it. We're so fried. Brenda Dixon. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I forgot. What's her name? It doesn't... Jeremy's gonna know in a minute. Okay. That year, Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow won for Shakespeare in Love. But you know what? People are so against Gwyneth, and I think she's a fantastic actress. She is. Uh, look, I also think that Emma Stone is a fantastic actress. Sure, 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 sure. So, I'm just saying, in terms of what they had to do, very different. Like, what Emily Watson has to do in Hillary and Jackie is a fucking gauntlet nightmare. It is, yeah. she has to play an arc. In the movie, it also stops halfway and starts over again, and you realize that the one way is her version of events, and then you watch it through her sister's right. version of events. So she had to do this role twice with different motivations, yeah. total different, and then play the reality of getting a disease. I, and then, and then, I know, but then wins for sometimes ROM. other people do that same thing that you just described that Emily Watson did, and it's terrible, and they still win Academy Awards, like Eddie Redmayne. What has Eddie Redmayne won an Academy Remember Award Remember when he for? played that scientist with the wheelchair? He didn't win an Academy Award. Oh, he sure did. What? He sure did. See? It's garbage. Like, I don't get I, it. Like, it's full. He's terrible. He's exactly like a really bad actor. <laughs> and I mean, I understand the appeal. I, I don't. No. What is it? He's kind of beautiful. What? Do you know what I mean? Uh, like, I guess if you're on the L train and you're like, who's that? But only that. Do you know what I mean? Like... 
no more than like a kind of hipster, he does a thing on screen thing. where he like he's so serious about everything <laughs> that you're like he must be doing something right is that something if you're an actor you're like oh he's but then I remember everybody was like the Danish girl oh, and I yeah, was like, remember how much uh, his eyes darted around in that movie like so terrible he was hideous in that it was offensive but how he, bad you know what he's was. amazing in the one about like the rocket boots. Yes, <laughs> like Mercury ascending or whatever. Do you I don't know, know what it's yes, called. Honey, work. That was yes, amazing. With Channing Where he just Tatum like whispers and screams. And Mila Kunis. Well, he talks like this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So and good. Full camptastic. He's like, give me those shoes. And yeah. then he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> When does he do that? That's when he gets really mad. He screams like that. Why like, he plays like an <laughs> evil space uh, <gasps> coke brother? Let's talk about an evil space queen that was next level incredible. Do you remember? Um, it's called like Stargate. Stargate. <gasps> remember Stargate with Wait. the guy from Crying Game? Yes! yes! I just saw it on the hotel room and I was like, this is banana. Have you never seen it? I know, and I was watching clips from it and it was like, it was, it was like so Kurt Russell and... James Spader. Yes, James Spader. So handsome. And then Jay Davidson is the name of the yes, queen. and he plays from the like pharaoh, pharaoh pharaohs. Who is like all, he's giving you like a fierce like, I might be the pharaoh, but I might also be Cleopatra. Yes. Like I've got eye makeup for the gods, honey. She is beat. She's wearing those dresses. I was so obsessed with her Luke in that movie that I was like, I want to be an Egyptologist for like a month. And I was like, <laughs> I thought I saw when I was like nine. Stargate. And at the end when he gets blown up, he basically looks like, you realize he's been an alien, he's an alien, that he was like taking over the world and so right as he blows up you see him in alien form and he looks mm. kind of like E.T. which is hilarious Weird. it's really funny like as if E.T. came back as like a fierce queen who was you like I, I, realized, I, I told you a little bit about Valerian which I can't wait for you to see I can't wait to see that I wonder if it's on Amazon like if I could rent it on Amazon by now maybe maybe it was a real flop fierce I, that's what I'm in the mood for today but they the whole thing centers around the civilization from the planet Mule. And <laughs> what I've realized recently mm. is that they are kind of just like powder. Remember powder? <gasps> yes. Oh, I thought so it was So they're all hot. like white and just hairless. Real quick, did you want to have sex with powder? I wasn't ready for it at the time. But I think if I saw it now, I would be like, interesting. Yeah. I mean, he has a beautiful body. Oh my God. But his also his face... Like, it's the same way, like, when I saw the new Alien movies with the men. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the architects. Um, architects. And I was like, whoa, honey. Anyhow. No, they were too scary for me. Oh, uh, it was, you know, it was like, you'd come out of it with some bruises, but it'd be all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, powder, that's what the people on Mule look like. Yeah, because, like, when they when they die, like, they, a ring of, like, energy flies out of their body across mm. the whole world. Mm. Just like when Powder died from the lightning. Does Powder die? When Powder, yeah, Powder runs into the field and the lightning Why? strikes him and he evaporates into rainbows. What? Why? I didn't see that movie because <gasps> I couldn't watch it. I couldn't watch Mary it. Mary Steenburgen. I was so Mary bullied. Mary Steenburgen. <laughs> Say it again. Mary Steenburgen. Um, I was I so her. bullied that I couldn't see movies of outcasts who got bullied because I remember Edward Scissorhands like shook me to the core, and then Powder looked like it was going to be more violent towards him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's he not gets, as like, much of like a fiery tale, like no, Edward it's, Scissorhands. It's, it's more like 
kids in school being like, show me your no pubic hair or whatever. <gasps> oh, yeah. And then he has, like, scars on him from getting beaten up and stuff. Oh, I remember I that, but... And then, so... But he's magical. I mean, he has mind powers. So eventually he runs into a field to be blown up. Mm-hmm. Why? He's done with this world. He needs to, like, release the positive energy into the universe or something. I made that up, but, like, I think that's right. Uh, that sounds so depressing. Like, I don't want to see oh, that movie. Sorry. Oh, hi. Oh, here. Yeah. We're about to We're go. about to leave. Okay, no, it's all right. Yeah, we'll get out of here. Um, well, I guess that's our cue. But anyhow, that movie and AI are movies. <gasps> like, AI, when we watched it, so good. I really cried so hard in that. Does he just end up at the bottom of the ocean staring at the ferry for the rest of time? No. Because there's this whole addendum to the movie oh, yeah. where those aliens who look like Oh yeah, aliens come soap to get again him. with like uh-huh. electricity running through them. Sure, sure. And they um they found they, Earth they after sca- it's like you know, after an everyone ice gets age, right? like killed. So by they've been him. carving carefully into the ice and like getting Finding whatever information they can. And David is so important to them because he's the only, like, remaining vestige of, like, certain information that they couldn't have otherwise oh, gotten. It's beautiful. And then they say... And they recreate his mom for him. Yeah, because they say, you know, look, David, we can't do that. We can't find your mom for you. But... And then Teddy goes, mm-hmm. they can. And because he has a lock of her hair in his in his teddy bear skin... Oh. Because David had cut it off her when he was little. I mean, he's always little. But, (laughs) and so Teddy gives it to, remember, and they they recreated the blue fairy for him to speak to him, and it's the voice of Meryl Streep. Yes. Oh, my God. One of, like, the best, like, why didn't she get an Oscar for that? Her... Give her, her, I don't care. Like she can have it every year. Through the voices, the blue fairy so was good. just and was, also was, was like all Mrs. Fox the and the fantastic Mrs. Fox. I never watched Fox. that. Oh. I couldn't anyway, so it. they give the hair and they mm. say, "Your wish is granted," because they now oh. have her genetic code. What? So, but the thing, you know, the thing is, they were like. Because she's long gone, and all we have is this hair, we can only bring her back for a day. I remember that. <laughs> no, it's just like, like heartbreak after heartbreak. Yeah, and it was like, why? So they recreate the home from the memories, right. and they recreate the mother, and he gets this one beautiful day with her. It's like the end of Our Town. Oh, I've never seen it. Um, you would... If Our Town happens again in a really good way, I'll tell you to okay. go. It is it is a really good and then it's And then at the end much, of the day... Right. He goes. She goes to sleep. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm so tired. Right, I remember. I'm so, so tired. <gasps> I she remember. Goes to sleep. All the lights start to turn out, and the narrator. I don't remember who the voice of the narrator is. Someone amazing is like, and for the first time in his life, it's Kevin Klein. First time in his life, David went to sleep. <gasps> I'm, <gonna> cry. <laughs> I'm crying right now. I have full chills. My eyes have watered up. Just like they do when I'm in front of camera. And he and laid I'm down crying. next to his mom, and he went to sleep. Everybody watch AI. <laughs> I'm fully crying. Jack. I'm fully crying. Wow. It's hard. <laughs> Are you okay? Well. <laughs> it's like a thing of like moms and my mom's dad and you know. Like every now and then. Every now and then it catches me. Like where I'm like. Oh, I love my uh, mom so stop talking much. about moms on this podcast. We don't talk about moms ever. <laughs> like, not in, like, any real way. But, like, I really loved my mom. And, a lot. like, I remember being a little... Like, do you remember being a kid and, like, putting your 
face against your mom's arm and it would feel like cool and perfect and you were just like and you loved her so much did that happen for you yeah, maybe. I, can, I remember like, really like getting remember in bed it. with her when I'd be like I'm scared and then like yeah. Like, you listen to her breathe, and you're like, everything's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> God. Like, things like, ugh, like, Bambi. Fuck you. Like, what a fucked up movie. I remember seeing that as a child and being like... Doesn't at the beginning of, like, every cartoon? Like, Land well, Before Well, all the Disney films have no moms. Like, that's the thing. Think about it. Is that what happened to Walt? I don't know. Or he just knew, like, the way to really get... Right. Like, the Everyone heart... On board. The heart going was like Snow White's mom is dead Sleeping Beauty well her mom's alive she's the only one that's mom's alive Sleeping Beauty's oh right Sleeping Beauty's mom's I just there's that part where the mom's like so you're not mad and Maleficent's like the parents are such non-entities in Sleeping Beauty yeah it's because she gets raised by the fairies you know um but Snow White Bambi like all the animal ones Dumbo Dumbo girl couldn't handle it how did his mom die um, I don't know if she's dead, but she gets like chained up. Like oh. he gets separated from his mom and she gets like chained and like Remember Land Before Time. I think I blocked it out. His mom died. Mm-mm. And then he found his little band of friends, Sarah the Triceratops, who likes to smash stuff and I don't think I ever saw that movie. Petrie. No, I didn't Remember see this Petrie? movie. I didn't see Petrie's it. Petrie's like a little tiny pterodactyl, I think. Did you see that movie called Baby about the they find a dinosaur and it's live action and it's called like Baby or Babe It's <laughs> when they were still doing like claymation. No, it's like a ro- on Oh, like robots. And yeah, there's yeah. this part where they have to get like, you know, people want to come to like kill it and like put a museum or something. So they're taking it and they have to they have to go through this cave and there's this part where they have to hold their breath and go underwater. I remember as a child <gasps> holding my breath to see if I could make it as long as mm. they have to make it in it and I couldn't I realized that it was just a movie and that no one could hold their breath that long well maybe if you needed to I don't think so no. it was like you know um we've like gone through the, they want us to leave right? we're, yeah, we're, we're gonna at, leave the Guggenheim we're I gonna leave the Guggenheim we, this was an informational podcast it really was we really like got into ballet and then moved away yeah. Yeah, but we did it. It was we, great. We I talked about dance. We had no guests, time. I'm afraid. There may not be... Th- this is a hard month for guests. This is a hard month for us to We're have We're going to have Spur on before the shows for Guggenheim, mm-hmm. right? Because lead up to the Guggenheim. Mm-hmm. And we can interview each other like we just did now. I'd love to have Maggie on. I had uh, with Maggie this morning. We have to have Maggie on. Oh, my Absolutely. God. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We have to figure... I don't know how we're going to... We're going to somehow... Today I was like, are we going to be able to keep doing this podcast while we do these shows? Yeah. Coming up? Okay, because we'll just do this. Even if it's voice memos or whatever. Yeah, well, we'll be seeing each other all the time. We'll just be manic. Jeremy's wrapping up symbol I saw in here. All right, all right. Well, we loves you. We loves you. Bye, everybody. Have a really great, you know, whatever. Come to the shows. Oh, yeah, come to the shows. Read me Harriet Designs. Guggenheim. 25th and 26th of March. Jack Ferber. Everything's Imaginable at New York Live Arts, April 4th through 7th.